catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. The idea behind technology, like I always say, is to advance the interaction and relationship among humans. One of the places where this interaction happens is in the classroom. And this classroom, you know, can be physical and it can be remote. Digital tools can be used to enhance how teachers engage with their students. And these tools and resources could enhance engagement, provide greater personalized learning and assist teachers by providing detailed individual data and also help to save time. What tech tools can assist the blind, you know, low vision students, and students who have difficulty reading or writing, what tools can make learning available for all, especially during online classes? In this third episode of the Classroom series with the Edu Tech consultant, Karen Wallstra, we'll discuss digital interactive talk tools that you can use for your online classes. Welcome, Karen. It's good to have you again um, on this particular series. Good morning, Tony, and how are you? I am good. How about you? I'm really great, and I'm really excited to be talking about interactive talk tools. This is a really unusual topic, and apps that we don't often speak about. Yes, and I, I really have a lot to learn today. I'm going to be really attentive because I, I want to soak everything in. <laughs> So yeah, let, let's, um, let you want you want to say something. No, I just wanted to say that I think they're the kinds of tools that we shouldn't forget. Mm. We have all sorts of children in our classrooms. Yes, 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 yes. Every child is different um, in a very unique way, and it's very important to make um, learning available to everyone, despite. Uh, unique abilities and um, differences. Now, what exactly is an interactive talk tool? Well, it's quite an interesting kind of concept. So if we think about it, you can interpret it in a range of different ways. So it could be an assistive tool, which the children can use to engage with a digital resource so that they can talk and it'll type or that it will read for them. But it could also be a tool for somebody who is blind or has low vision, that they would be able to switch it on and have the information read to them from a range of different platforms within the digital world. Or on top of that, it might be a tool for somebody who perhaps can't speak. And this could be then a communication tool where they might be able to click on pictures or on text and make it answer a question for them. So these, these are assistive tools, you know, tools that assist um, in the learning experience, both the teacher and the students, yeah? Definitely, yes. So thinking about different individuals, what their needs might be, and how the tools can actually help them to navigate the digital world better. Why, why are these tools important for teachers or to, to teachers? So it's really important if we think about the children in our classrooms. 
not every child is really fluent at reading. Um, we have children who have dyslexia mm. or we have children who have other reading difficulties. And if we can use things like electronic dictionaries or um, tools that can help them pronounce words correctly or tools that can help them to find meanings of words or correct spelling, in the long term, that's helping the individual. And sometimes teachers say, oh, we shouldn't use that kind of technology because it's the technology doing the work. But actually, it could be the other way around, where the technology is then helping the child so that they can cope better and learn more because it's giving them access to greater resources that perhaps they wouldn't have understood if they were trying to read it and everything looked all mixed up because of their dyslexia or because of their reading limitations. Hmm, really interesting. I, I I can remember I had some issues with spelling while I was um, in the lo lower nursery or nursery yes. and primary. And, and I'm really sure this would have really helped because later on I actually... Um, got better but you know through that period very very trying period I, I dreaded um, spelling lessons and spelling classes and, and all of that so what uh, what types of these um, tools um, can assess um, assist learners like you know myself with let's say reading writing spelling I know you mentioned electronic dictionaries um, uh, what others are there so there are a range of different really fun ones that you can use. Um, so if we think about it and if we use them effectively, we would really be building our learners' confidence and their participation within the classroom space. So think about just a simple tool like um, Google Assistant or where you hop into Google and you go, okay, Google, or you talk to Siri and get them to start finding information for you. Just think about how that could be useful for students in terms of a Google search, if they're not sure how to spell the words of a topic that they're researching, or if they're trying to verify something and want to find additional searches. So using something like a voice search, which comes on most smartphones now, you would be able to use that to assist students. So that's not even a separate application. It's a built-in feature of the phones. So think about how we can use phones responsibly within our schooling and not always ban them, for me, is really important. A tool that I love is inside Google's tools. It's actually inside the Word documents. And if you click on tools inside a Word document and you scroll all the way down to voice typing. And what voice typing does is as you speak, it types your words. Just think about that. So while I was speaking to you now, every single word I was saying, it would type those words. In voice typing, you can actually choose a range of languages. So before it actually starts typing, you select the language you want to use it in, and then you begin speaking. Now think of this even for a language teacher, for children who don't have problems in terms of reading. 
What if children had to go in and speak about or speak in the second language or the third language that they're using at school? They could then use something like Google Translate and translate the document into the main language of teaching at school. And so you can be using these tools to edit and check so that the children go in and then read what's being typed, go in and see, do they need to make adjustments? Has the typing picked up on what they've said? And by doing that, you're really building confidence. So using something like voice typing for me is really, really fun, but it can also be really beneficial. I know that I have used it when I've been wanting to record information and I've been driving. I've switched voice typing on and spoken and then it's recorded the information. When I've got home, all I needed to do was edit the document and um, work through it instead of starting from scratch. So it can even be used as a time-saving device. Another great um, website or app is called Read and Write. And Read and Write is a text-to-speak program. And what it does is it provides both visual and auditory feedback for text. So if your students are reading something or they're going onto a website or they're pulling off information, the um, text can be read. So the students can really understand what's being read. This is really beneficial for students with dyslexia or visual impairments. But it can also be helping children who are learning English as a language. It's only in English is read and write. And so it really helps students for reading, for writing, and to develop their literacy skills. So think about using an app like that. So these are just some ideas of tools that we could be using in our classrooms to help children to build their literacy skills and at the same time building their confidence because these apps can talk to them. They don't understand the word or they're not sure what's going on. Hmm. Why, why is it important for, um, you, you talked about building the confidence and for them to be able to see, why is it important for the, the, the verbal communication to happen? It's extremely important. So think about the way our society works. When you want to go to or apply for a new job, generally it's a verbal interview. You have to be able to speak with confidence. You have to be able to express yourself. So being able to read confidently is really important. And then being able to express what you've read shows understanding and comprehension. So by using these kinds of tools, you're doing a range of different things in terms of the child who is reading. You're building their understanding. And by building understanding that we know what's happening, we automatically are building confidence. And then when they are comfortable with that and they are looking at what they are uh, is being read to them, it's helping to build their own reading skills which in turn would then help them as they get older because the reading load within a school space doesn't get less. It gets more. So being able to read comfortably is really important in terms of coping within the school space. 
Okay, so can we place these um, tools, like the ones you've mentioned, on the things like uh, the tools that assist with reading or writing, spelling? Can we maybe put them into compartments in our head? Is there is there a way? Um, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking like me. So which, which ones, which ones, which of these tools would work um, best for, say, reading and writing? Um, which of the tools would maybe work for speaking? And which one would um, work or assist in spelling? And so, so if you think of the way um, Siri works or a Google Assistant works, so okay, Google works. Those read text. Same as read and write. A read and write reads the text. And then what um, Google's voice typing does is it does it the other way around. You talk and it types. So that's mm -hmm. Google's voice typing. But then if you think about what Google's done in terms of the searching, you can now also within the search voice request information. And in some instances, it'll type that information there as well. So you have voice typing in a search as well as on documents. So I suppose, yes, you can compartmentalize, but some of them do both of these types of features. And for the students who have difficulty speaking, um, maybe more picture-based um, uh, so those tools we haven't got to yet. So if you want to speak about those, we can talk about those. Okay, so okay, okay. Let, who, no, I think would yeah? I'd want us to start with um, the tools that assist learners who are blind or have low vision first, and then would okay. go to those who have difficulty um, speaking. You, I just want to mention something that's just come to mind that I haven't included in the apps yet today, but there are actually pens that are called C pens and these pens actually read the text or for the students and even have a built-in dictionary and the way that works is as the child scans this pen over the written text in a textbook or a novel or whatever they're reading so the physical book this little digital device actually reads the text as well it's only a reader um, but that's another tool that that it's separate, it's not virtual. If it was a remote teaching space, the child would need the device at home, but it's another useful device if your child has a lot of reading difficulties. That's CPEN. Okay. So now if we think about um, learners who are blind or who have low vision, if you think about somebody who can't really see, having to navigate a screen is really difficult because you need clarity to be able to read it properly, to be able to see the images, to even see your keyboard. So that makes life really, really difficult. And there are programs that have been specifically designed for people who are blind or have low vision. For example, JAWS, is an amazing tool. It's been around for a long time. And what it does is that um, it will take the information and it can actually convert it into Braille. So if the person was typing in Braille, it will then convert it into text that you as a reading person would be able to read what's being written. But it can also do it the other way around, that if the person is blind, it can then 
transfer it into Braille. So a really, really useful tool to help people who read from a Braille point of view. And then another useful tool is Chrome Vox. Chrome Vox is a screen reader, and what it does is it works on Chrome as an extension, and you then go in, it works on a range of different Chrome devices, and what you then do is it actually helps you read the screen. So it's really um, versatile for the person who's using it because they would be able to, to um, ask questions and the screen information would then be read to them. But for me, I think the best tool that I'm loving at the moment is an app that's been developed by a man in India and it's called Luvu Voice. He himself is blind and he found that he needed to, he felt very restricted when he went blind. He was an adult when he went blind and he was afraid to do anything because he didn't know how to do the things he used to do. He couldn't drive, he couldn't go and search on YouTube, um, he couldn't communicate with people on WhatsApp. Um, and so he has developed this app which works with other apps. It's incredible. So for example, if he wants to listen to a YouTube video, he would then um, talk to the app, it would then open up YouTube and find the topics that he was looking for. Or if he wants to send a message on WhatsApp, this app then opens up the WhatsApp for him and it types in the message for him for other people. It even works calling an Uber. It even gives a wow. description of the driver and what the driver is going to look like. So Mark is for a blind person to know that that is his Uber that he's going to get into. And then it opens up maps so that he can actually hear where he is going and that the person is taking him to the correct space. He can even use it to make phone calls. It's a fantastic app. And he sees it as an app for anybody who needs to be able to use their voice to um, control things. So think of people who are not just, um, don't have vision, but people who perhaps can't move because of a disability or old people who have difficulty typing on a cell phone. So it's incredible. He even says if you want to just use it to be hands-free, it's really, really great. And they keep adding extensions and features to this app. I really think that it's the kind of app we should be telling everybody about in terms of accessibility and making people aware of how you don't have to be limited because you can't see or because you perhaps are not um, able to control a phone or a space that your voice can do so much with an app like this. Oh, that's really interesting. And uh, that's really innovative. And coming from someone who is actually experiencing um, it, building, creating something that would help uh, it's he understands you know how exactly um he feels and he knows the pain point now that's true that's true and the the team of people he has working with him 
Um, so he has coders and developers who then um, help him with, with that part of, of the app. And the interesting thing is that they then go and test it. So they have a range of people who go and test the app. And then he goes and tries the features himself as well, which I think is really great before they actually um, launch it. And the young people were saying that he really wants it to work perfectly before it goes out so that people who are using it are not going to be left in the lurch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really good. That's really good. Uh, I'll most likely check um, check him up and check the um, application up and uh, see for myself. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a really great YouTube channel where they keep explaining the different features and the new updates. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Probably that would be my first point of call. <laughs> now let's get to uh, the tools to assist learners who can't uh, speak or who have difficulty speaking? So if we think about it in society, if somebody can't speak, they're often shunned, they often don't come out a lot. We, we don't see them because society almost hides them away. And I think if we started promoting these kinds of tools and made people aware of them, we could be allowing these kinds of people in our communities to actually flourish and grow much more as individuals. And so there are a range of tools which can actually help people who can't speak. So, for example, Voice for You is a really great little tool. And what it does is you can go in and you can select pictures. So if perhaps the person um, has a mental ability that also needs assistance and they can't actually read really well, you can actually choose pictures and the person can then communicate how they are feeling by selecting pictures that they have worked out with you in terms of getting a message across. So think about how useful that could be and how much that would reduce the stress in those households and the frustration for both the individual and the parents who might have a child who can't speak within their homes. But then this app can go further where you can then either as the parent or as perhaps the person's vocal skills perhaps grow, would be able to leave messages on it as well. So if perhaps the person can't actually read and you need to leave them a message, you could leave them a message on the app and they would then know that if the person had gone out and perhaps they were sleeping or weren't around, they could then click on that application and they would then be able to hear the message that's being given to them. But you could also then create a range of different groups of pictures. So you might have some that relate to school or some that relate to your workspace, some that might relate to traveling. So you could have a range of different, they call them boards, a range of different boards or groups of communication tools for different scenarios that can also then help the person. So for me, I think tools like this we should be making people aware of 
in more different instances. Then you've got an app called Touch Voice app. And this is particularly for people who have speech imp impediments, but it also um, uses a similar types of features as Voice for You. This one um, is also endorsed by the Medical Association. And this has words and images and emojis and pictures, so a range of different types of tools. And when it speaks, it's then a computer voice that would then speak. So if you think about both the, the voice for you and the uh, touch voice app, you can then, when you, when you are trying to reply as the person who can't speak, you would then click on the little pictures and then that would then speak a voice so that whoever you're trying to communicate will know what you're trying to say. So that's also really useful if you think of how we communicate all the time from a verbal point of view. So those two tools are really useful in terms of helping people who can't speak. Wow. Okay. Now, I think we've talked about the reading and writing tools. Um, I think we have mentioned that, the tools to assist learners yes. with reading and writing. That's what we started with, right? Yes. But I'd like to just mention that there are actual devices for for people who perhaps are blind and uh, want to communicate with their device, with, with the, um, a digital platform. So if we're talking about remote learning and you've got students who are blind or have low vision, they might be able to use the tools that you've spoken about in terms of communicating from a verbal point of view or finding information. But if they're going to be doing lessons and activities and participating, you actually get tools which they can use. So a different kind of keyboard or a different kind of computer, for want of better words, that they can then actually go in and complete activities and worksheets and things just like a sighted child would be able to do. A really great tool for this is a device called Braille Touch Note. It works like on Chrome and you can go in and actually open it up just like a sighted person would be able to. And the person would be able to um, go in and complete their activities. It has a little braille keyboard at the bottom with a few simple keys and the braille keys so it, the person can type. It also has a voice um, or a speaker so that the person can actually hear what is being typed as a double check. And they would be able to read emails, would be able to hop onto other social media, or would be able to do lessons and tasks that teachers tell them to do. So there are also other types of Braille devices, like a Braille terminal, where you can go in, it has fewer keys than all the Braille, but you, that can also then be is linked to your computer, and you can type as you would um, using Braille and using the what they call a Perkins type keyboard, which is has fewer keys, um, but you would be able to send messages. It also then reads your text for you, and it also does the conversion of Braille to speech and speech to Braille back again. You can also hop into the internet or send emails 
all that type of information is also really useful. And then we spoke about the Chrome Vox as an extension, but you also get um, devices that will link with Chrome Vox that you can then um, link the two together and have devices that would then be supporting your learners that they would be able to be working on the Braille um, keyboard and they would be able to be answering the work just as a child who is sighted. So even though the child might have low vision, they would still be able to type, to communicate, to complete tasks, to do their schoolwork, just like a child who can see. Wow. Uh, I know you've spoken um, about this maybe in passing while we're um, um, speaking earlier, but uh, why is it important for teachers um, to know about these tools and to use these tools um, during their online classes? Well, I think as teachers, we need to know our students. We need to be able to understand who our students are and what their needs are. So if you are a teacher who works at a remedial or a special needs school where children need these kinds of devices, there should be a whole lot of research that goes in at school about which devices would suit which children and how the teacher then um, could use them in her class. So the teacher would have to actually go on training and would have to see how the devices would be used for her class or his class. And perhaps in a class, depending on the children, you might have two or three different types of solutions for the different types of needs of the children in your class. So I think first of all, start with what are my own children's needs? Even in a conventional classroom, if you've got children with dyslexia or children who are perhaps not grasping information or have reading difficulties, what we should be doing is saying, how can we use the technology to benefit the students, not seeing it as the students are lazy, not seeing it as, oh no, everybody should just be able to do with um, writing and reading without any assistance. If we think about it as teachers, we help children to learn to read. We help children to learn to write. So why can't we use the technology to do a similar thing, to help the students? And from a remote teaching point of view, where you're not with the students all the time, to be able to use tools like this can only be of benefit to the children as they move forward. So that for me is another reason why as teachers, we shouldn't be afraid of the technology. We should really go and explore it, find out about it and get to use technology that benefits our students. Well, Beautiful. I think this is where we draw the curtains on this particular episode. I've been speaking to an independent educational consultant who promotes creative and critical thinking and incorporates digital tools to address educational and learning transformation. Uh, she presently works with individual schools and educational organizations uh, in exploring long-term planning and educational change related to future technologies. We've been talking about the digital interactive talk tools that you can use for your online classes. And these digital tools and resources can help you achieve enhanced engagement and provide greater personalized learning and assist the teachers in providing detailed individual data and also save time in the long run. Thank you very much for the insight 
insights and resources shared today, Karen and Walster. It's always um, a pleasure um, speaking to you. Thanks, Tony. It was really fun. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.